what's popping? You know what's popping? An asteroid just blew up, right? We're recording this at about 11.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, and an asteroid was set to, you know, come down to Earth, and it blew up in the atmosphere, hopefully, because we're still here, so that means that uh, it didn't hit, so we're not dead, so that's a positive thing. But, uh, you know, for today's episode, you know, I got my boy, uh, Drew Byrne, joining us. He's co-hosting. We're going to be talking about the uh, NFL free agency, the offseason for the matter, some trades. Then we have two interviews coming up uh, with BCU players Marcus Ford and Marquis Hendricks, uh, both NFL draft prospects, great guys, great people, uh, you know, great football players, and they have a bright future ahead of themselves, so make sure to check those out. But as I mentioned, we got my boy Drew Byrne. We're not dead. Asteroid did not impact Earth. We're living life. Oh, yeah. We're living life right up until the corona gets us, right? Uh, the corona, hey... <laughs> Hasn't got us yet, so it can it can stay. It's terrified. It's scared. It's scared of me. We're we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I'd yeah. say we're doing pretty well. Yeah, we're chilling. We're we were doing well until you know the Giants screwed up everything, and then I then I, not I'm not doing well anymore. The You're Giants, not doing well. The Giants screwed up everything. You know, Leonard Leonard Williams. We kept him. Terrible decision. Paid him 16 mil on the franchise tag. Overpaid for James Bradbury, 15 million per year. And then we overpaid for uh, a lot more players. Like Blake Martinez took us out of the race of getting Jadavion Clowney. Then we got Cameron Fleming, like the worst offensive tackle from Dallas. There isn't even a starter. And then Ky- Kyler, Kyler Farquell, a linebacker, like a backup linebacker from the Packers. All terrible signings. Like, I don't understand why the why the Giants are even a team anymore. Hey, I don't think Blake Martinez is that bad of a signing. It's not, but the reason why I don't like it is it took us out of the race of JV on Clowney. Yeah, you can blame that one on the other signing. Shout out my boy Blake Martinez. He's actually pretty good. I like Blake Martinez. He's good. Best signing you've made for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Doesn't have much competition. <laughs> I, if I got signed by the Giants, it'd be better than all the other signings. That's all I'm saying. Like, okay, James Bradbury, like... I don't like them. Like, Dave Gettleman, we need to get him out. All he's trying to do is get all the the crappy Panthers players, you know? Like, we got Jonathan Stewart at one point. We got we were supposed to get Andrew Norwell, the actually decent Panthers player. He signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, it shows you his great relationship with his former players. Then we ever paid for James Bradbury, who's not even the best corner on the market, and we paid him $15 million per year. That's more than, like, Chris Harris Jr. just got. Yeah, Chris Harris Jr., like 10 mil a year for two years. Yeah. That would have been a way better signing. Oh, obviously. You know you know what? The Giants don't do good signings, all right? That's good what we're point. about. Good point. Nate Solder, <laughs> my guy. What a signing what a sign- that, that was. That was an impeccable signing. No, but Leonard Williams, I don't know why we franchise tagged him. Like, we should have said, you know what? We lost the third rounder. It is what it is. You're like, like the, come on. Like, the guy, we could literally say he could quadrupled his sack total from last season if he gets two sacks this year. Yeah, this man... Half a sack gets franchise tagged. How do you feel that you're paying him like $32 million dude, per sack? Dude, he he literally, oh my God, I don't want to hear about it. He literally talked himself into like a massive contract because he said that he just thinks he's one of the best defensive players and is going to be demanding a lot of money. That doesn't mean what to give him a lot of money. That does not mean what to Oh, so you want a lot of money? Yeah, uh, we're not going to give you a lot. That's how simple it could have been. But no, we said, ah, you want a lot? We're going to give you a lot. Like, that's so dumb. Like, Dave Gettleman, like I said, with the Panthers thing, like, the only other good Panther that I actually want is, you know, Luke Keekly, but he's retired, so that's not going to happen. I can't, I can't handle the, I can't handle the, the Giants, F, F on free agency, that's for sure. They're too much for yeah. you. But uh, moving on from the Giants, transitioning over to, you know, the Panthers, right? What a great team that is. Teddy Bridgewater, you know. Uh, you know, I, it's a decent signing. Uh, you know, it's a three-year, $63 million contract, $33 million guaranteed. Not terrible, but I don't like the move. I don't think the Panthers should, should have done it. I don't know what you think. 
Let me tell you, I think great signing for the Panthers. You know, the Panthers really don't make a lot of great signings. They don't really make a lot of great moves, right? But this is one of the best moves that they've made, right? They get Teddy Bridgewater, you know, stabilize the quarterback position there. They can build on that, give them that veteran presence. You know, we saw it happen when they had a young quarterback in Kyle Allen last year. Started off hot for like three games, and then what do you know, he turned into the terrible quarterback that he is. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, solid. He's not going to lose you any games. Try to rely on Christian McCaffrey. Build up that defense under the new. DJ Moore's good, too. DJ Moore, yeah. Build up the defense under Matt Rule. And then, hey, maybe in, like, four or five years, you know, sign him on that second contract. You guys, they'll be looking pretty good. All right. Honestly, here's what I want to say. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. He's a Underrated. Dec- Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. Yeah, he's, he's a decent quarterback. He is. You know, ever since the Vikings thing, everyone's kind of, like, forgotten about him. He's, he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to lie. But I do not like the signing for him. Not because I don't like Teddy Bridgewater. Not because I think he's going to be terrible. But it's more so, I think this is what the Panthers should do with the quarterback position. They should have kept Cam Newton. Because if you look at Cam Newton, you look at Teddy Bridgewater. Cam Newton. Yes, he got hurt. Yes, he might not be the greatest thing, but he has the elite talent. He has a talent there to be elite. Teddy Bridgewater does not. Teddy Bridgewater has the talent to be top 15, you know, maybe like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Not going to lose you games like you said, but he's not going to win you anything. Cam Newton has that talent. Keep Cam Newton for the year, right? They should have kept him. See how he does. Try to work on him. If he sucks, he sucks. Worst case scenario, you suck, and then you have a good pick. You can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I don't think they should have gone Teddy Bridgewater because that virtually takes him out of potentially taking tanking for Trevor, failing for Fields, right? But you know they should have gone for Cam Newton. See if they could make him good again, and if not, they get a quality, a great young quarterback next year. I don't like the move of Teddy Bridgewater at all. I really just disagree with it. Nah, I'm 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 all for the Teddy Bridgewater move. You know, shout out to you Panthers fans. You you made a good one this yeah, time. You uh, made a good one. I guess it's a good fa- trade off, right? Luke Keekley for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Is that where? Is that oh, they could have kept both. Honestly, Luke Keekley. Hey, he knew that they were gonna suck with Teddy Bridgewater. That's why he retired. Okay, that's yeah, that. That's, that's got to be what it was. That uh, clearly it is. Uh, but moving on from Teddy Bridgewater to another another uh, big, you know. Big move we got going on to the Tennessee Titans, right? You know, not big boost, but they're keeping some players in-house, you know, with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. You know, I'm not looking more so at the, the contracts per se, but who, which player deserves a long-term contract? Which player deserves the franchise tag is the question. Derrick Henry got franchise tag. Tannehill signed a four-year contract, about $130 million, uh, in total money. You know, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that, oh, they should have given the bag to Henry and tagged Tannehill. What are your, you know, like, honestly... I, I believe that this was the right decision in the sense of I don't think either one of them is worth a, a lot of money. But the reason why I say it was the right decision is because Derrick Henry only produces, you know, 200-yard games the last three games of every year. Ryan Tannehill at least had a decent season to show that he deserved it. And quarterbacks are a um, a royalty. is hard to get a good quality quarterback. So I feel like it was the Tannehill deserved it more. But, you know, what do you think was up with that? Yeah, I mean... If you're talking about who deserved it more, then I guess Derrick Henry deserved it more, you know? But, like, if I was the Titans, I would have done the same thing that they did, sign Ryan Tannehill up to that long-term contract, just because, you know, he gives that stability at the quarterback position. Like, when they had Derrick Henry, but they were rocking with Marcus Mariota, their quarterback, they weren't very good. So that just shows you how, like, that quarterback can really help you, like, take the pressure off Derrick Henry. So even if they're handing it off to him a bunch, the defense at least has to stay sort of honest because Ryan Tannehill can actually complete mm-hmm. passes. Whereas yeah. Derrick Henry, you know, like 
Also, you don't know how long he's going to be able to keep this up. You know, major workload issues. Like, if he keeps on, like, they can't just keep on giving him the ball this many times. Otherwise, he's going to get worn down in, like, two or three years. And then if they give him, like, a long five-year contract, it's going to be looking pretty bad well, by the yeah. end of it. I mean, there's a lot of good representations of running backs getting big contracts and just falling apart. Todd Gurley is the most recent one. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco. I was going to bring that one up. Hey, he went to the Titans, right? right did, that, well, that, that, that was wild. No, but... uh. You know, I, I I really, like you said, I do believe that the quarterback situation, you're right about Mariota, Tannehill, uh, but you know, I, it's tough to say, but, you know, they both deserve it. I think, like, you know, if Derrick Henry, though, if he does show a good year, he's going to get a lot more money than what he would have gotten this past season. So it should be interesting to see. But, you know, moving on to the, the next, the best, the, uh, the, the the one of the better signings, right, of free agency, you know, honestly, the Colts, right? Phillip Rivers, one-year, $25 million contract. Uh, I know that's kind of weird to say, Philip Rivers, good signing. Kind of wacky, right? You, who would have thought? But the reason why I state that is it's a one-year contract. He's a quality quarterback. Way better than Jacoby Brissett. Colts are set up for success. They have a lot of really great players on that team. They're just missing a quarterback because Jacoby Brissett was not that guy for them. You know, Philip Rivers, one-year, $25 million. See what he can do. Uh, he's, I think he's better than Tom Brady. Controversial statement right there. But I do. I think he has more juice in the tank to throw the ball deep, move the ball, and be mobile in the pocket right now but no i think it's a great signing great players around him with ty hilton uh jack doyle tight end maybe they can retain eric ebron marlon mack in the backfield uh great offensive line like you were saying at one point and great defense so you know what do you think about that signing too because did you you know you predicted it so you must have be happy with that i did predict it you know pat on the back for me you know nailed that one the last podcast appearance but uh yeah i think it was a great signing for them you know it provides him with more weapons a lot more stability you know I mean, the offensive line last year for the Chargers wasn't very good, so that he was getting pressured a ton, which caused him to throw a lot of interceptions, and he was like trying to bring them back in games. But now he's walking into one of the best offensive lines in the leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really improving that defense in the front seven, and hopefully they won't have he won't have to bring them back in a lot of games like he did with the Chargers and not have all the pressure forced on him. They got Marlon Mack in the backfield, you know. And I feel like overall, you know, he can push that team over the hump, get them into the playoffs, maybe win a round or two in there. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I feel like they they could push, like, AFC Championship game appearance, something I, like that. I think they could be a Super Bowl contender if they get a good secondary like a cornerback. They need a cornerback. That's what they're missing. Yeah, they need a corner and they need another wide receiver because right now they've got like T.Y. Hilton who's really good, but then like nobody else. <laughs> I mean, Devin Funches almost worked out for them. Almost. Almost had him. But hey, speaking of the player on the Colts side, this is on there now. First round pick got traded for DeForest Bunker, Defoe. He just uh, released a video on Instagram. The Colts just posted it and him saying, yeah, it's official. It's a very bad video. I don't know why they have it up there. It is terrible but hey he's his official he's on there i think that just bolsters the defensive line uh really makes a really scary front seven for them especially with my boy darius leonard who said a very interesting fact on twitter at one point controversial right here yeah. i think darius leonard should have won the uh defensive player of the year in the nfl all right I'll, i'm gonna let you explain this to them because you're the one that told me so what was this all right comment so you know so stefan gilmore right one defensive player yeah. of the year in the nfl well right? deserved and pretty good yeah you know he was a corner lockdown corner right six interceptions you know you know he like that's really good yeah that right? is really good such yeah. on the side of the field darius leonard as a linebacker right 
had five interceptions, so only one less than the lockdown corner, and had a bunch more tackles, more sacks, more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries, just all around more impactful to the Colts' defense than Stephon Gilmore was. I mean, don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore, really, really good player, great season, but Darius Leonard, extremely underrated, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He he really is. He got robbed of all pro his rookie season, Mm -hmm. right? Should honestly... Should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Dude, they're just hating on him because he went to South Carolina State. That's like, what it is. Coming out of the draft, everybody thought he was going to be a bust. If everybody he was a first-round pick, he probably would have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He he was a phenomenal player. He's a great linebacker. Get him a mad. And also, fun fact, somebody that my mom works with is friends with somebody who's friends with Darius Leonard. So basically, Darius Leonard and I are best friends. Honestly, you should get him on the podcast. I'm going to get him on the podcast. I will get her... There you go, guys. Speaking into existence, Darius Leonard on the podcast. But no, that's they, the Colts do have a great defense. Um, but speaking about DeForest Buckner, now going back to the 49ers, one of his old uh, partners, Eric Armstead, got a massive contract by the 49ers. What do you think of them keeping that? Do you think it was a good idea to keep Eric Armstead around rather than, I guess you could say, DeForest Buckner? I mean, I feel like at that point, you know, they couldn't tie too much money in to their defensive line, especially considering eventually they're going to have to extend people like Nick Bosa, Salma Thomas, all these sort of guys. So they can't. Salma Thomas is not that good. No, I know, but they're going to have to keep like extending all these other players, so I feel like they had to choose between the two, really, and since you can get a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner, bring yeah. somebody else in uh, for this season through the draft, I feel like this was Javon probably... Javon Kinlaw? Uh, yeah, I feel like it was a solid move uh, for the Niners, but I also think it was a solid move for the Colts, because, you know, he's more of like a win-now player than whoever they were going to draft, like he's yeah. going to be more impactful for this season and the next couple. So I feel like overall it was a solid, solid do, move for both teams. Do you think the Colts gave up too much for the first rounder? Because I don't think they necessarily because they can't they could have gone with a second. Yeah, so like I don't think you could say they gave up too much. Right? Yeah, because if it was either you know give up a give up a first or just like not get him, you know, try to offer a second, and somebody else was probably going to give up a yeah. first. So I feel like it was I feel like it was a fair value yeah. for him. Yeah, no doubt, and you're right about that. I mean, they probably wouldn't have gone as much for Eric Armstead either, considering he was on an expiring contract, need a new contract, negotiate that. So you're right about that. That was a good deal. Um, now moving over to another defensive player, you know, the Byron Jones. And this is the Dolphins. Let's talk about the whole Dolphins uh, offseason right now with their signings. They signed, you know, Byron Jones, Van Noy, all right, this man, Kyle, Kyle Van, Van Noy. Noy. Swear he's in the, in the league for like 20 years, but he's only 29. But they got Kyle Van Noy. They got PTSD right here, Eric Flowers um, up on that team. They got Jordan Howard in the backfield. Um, they made some really quality signings. And, you know, I honestly, you know, the Miami offseason is kind of popping off. You know, the Byron Jones deal, people are saying they overpaid for him. They get $17 million, make him the highest paid corner. Way too much money. And at first, I didn't think it was that much. Still don't think it was much, but I actually found this pretty wild. I was reading about it. He's 20. He's 28. He's two years away from being 30, and he's only had two interceptions his entire career. Yeah, he's played so many games, two interceptions. I mean... And he's up there in age. But still, he's obviously... He was a big name for a reason, though, all right? Whether that be interceptions included or not. So, it was... You know, he's still a quality corner. But I think that's going to be a lethal duo, lethal cornerback duo with him and Xavier Howard. Like, that's going to be wild. You know, I don't know what you think about... You know, if it was worth getting rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think it now is with, you know, getting Byron Jones up in there, really helping that secondary out. Um, But honestly, the Dolphins had a very quality uh, offseason so far, right, in free agency. Kyle Van Noy probably gave them too much money, but they need they need overpaid players to get them up in there. So I like the moves that Miami's making. 
Um, again, Eric Flowers, eh, maybe not the best move. But, you know, then they also got Shaq Lawson in there. They have some great players. So what do you think about the whole Miami offseason so far? Yeah, I like how they're, you know, trying to build it up, bring more of, like, a winning culture. You know, they're going to start, like, actually trying to win some games now. Uh, Byron Jones, I think it's a solid signing. You know, like you said, they're going to have to overpay because, you know, it's the Dolphins. Yeah. Like, they don't really, you know, have that, like, major market or uh. really want, like, not everybody wants to go there because they're not a contender right now. Mm. But, you know, bring in solid players like Byron Jones especially. Xavier Howard as well, extremely underrated player uh, for the Dolphins. So oh, I, do yeah, li- no I do like that corner duo. Uh, that should really help improve their secondary. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, speaking about overpaying players, small market, whatever, they got a big name with Byron Jones. But, you know, the coronavirus, huge effect right now. You know, it's causing a lot of issues. Um, you know, free agency is not, not what it usually is. You don't have players flying all around, going to places, seeing what the whole experience is like. And you know, that's maybe not affecting, you know, a, a no, like, you know, a big franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they don't have any money. But, like, that's a bigger franchise. You know, the Patriots, you know, they're big name teams. But, you know, let's say the Giants, for example. New York, right? That's a big market team right there. Everyone loves New York, the, the glamour, the glitz of everything just about it, right? And then that's, like, a big thing is we have a big market, you know, that'd be, or Los Angeles, too. We have a big market. Please come here. Come to our team. You know, you can be famous. But the coronavirus, they can't do that. It's more of a, I have to convince you over the phone, hey, this is why you should come to my team. How big of a uh, factor do you think that is of where they can't just show you about it, but they can only, they can just tell you about it. That's all they can do. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like it's harder for players to, you know, decide where they want to go uh, with the coronavirus because, I mean, hey, you know, you don't, you can't really get that vibe. You don't really know what's going on with the team, right? You just have to, like, hope, really, hope that uh, it's going to work out like how you think, hope it's going to feel how you think once you eventually get there. But, uh, I mean, that is, like, making some players take longer deciding, like Jadavion Clowney, like, he mm -hmm. hasn't signed yet. Should have so. gone the Giants, but Blake <laughs> Martinez... So uh, he might be, you know, like still weighing up his options because like he doesn't know like how he'd fit in in each system. Yeah. But uh, I mean, overall, I don't think it's affecting it too, too much. You know, like a lot of players have still already chosen. A lot more players have changed teams than I thought they were going to. Yeah, very I true. thought a lot of players would like stay in the same situation, maybe sign short term deals where they were just because, you know, they don't really know what's out there right now. So maybe stick it like with their team for like another season or two and then go. But you know what? I respect them for taking, you know, leaps of faith in what other organizations are all about. I think it might also be making like some teams like Miami have to pay more money mm -hmm. just because they're like players like Byron Jones are like, oh, why would I want to go to Miami? Yeah. Like it's like you guys like have a losing culture, like all that sort of stuff. So they have to overpay like to really like give them a solid option to go there. Because they can't just like convince them and show it. That's true. That's very true. But I mean, you know, I, I think, again, I do think it's a factor, but I understand what you're saying. A lot of movements being made, but who knows, maybe the Giants would have gotten a bigger name if they could have showed them what's up. But then again, you can't do that if you have Dave Gettleman around. Um, but, you know, transition, you know, we're talking about the Dolphins a lot. But there's another team in Florida that's doing some wild stuff. There is indeed. Uh, Jacksonville? No, not Jacksonville. Was there any other team? The Marlins? The Marlins are good. Oh, shout out the Marlins. Marlins, not the Marlins. The, the Tampa Bay Rays, though. They're kind of gas team. Shout out to Blake Snell. Pretty good pitcher <laughs> right there. Yeah, pretty good team. Any other teams we have? We haven't have talked, you know, not, not college football. Nothing's going on with college football. Is there another team I'm missing? Uh, Florida team? I don't know. I don't know. I've heard the uh, Inter-Miami, you know. Their soccer season's going pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. 
Uh, All right, but obviously we've got the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. That's right. They're making some moves. They made one move, two moves, kind of two moves. We'll talk about the first move. Shaq Barrett franchise tagged him. Smart decision in my opinion, because I was not. I would not want to sign to a long term deal, because that was just like a one hit wonder type of thing. Yeah, I think it was. It was almost like a. Honestly, I compare this to Zayansa. A few years back. Right, he he went off for the Lions. He had like 16 sacks for the Lions. Great season. They franchise tagged him. Then he sucked, and then he signed like a one-year, four million dollar contract with the Seattle Seahawks this past offseason. So I think that's what I compare it to. Do you think that was a smart decision to franchise tag him instead of signing him long term? Yeah, for sure. You know, because like obviously he just got there and like he played really well this season. So you want to reward that, but it's also like, oh, is it just like one hit? Like, oh, boom, he's in our system. He's amazing now, and like he could be good long term, yeah. but also you don't know that for sure. So I definitely think the smart move is to franchise tag him, see how he does this year, and if he does as well as he did last yeah. year, then we'll give him the long term. Yeah, for one. sure. And the other thing that kind of made me weary, and I'm glad they franchise tagged him, was like he got like eight sacks in three games, and he kind of like had eight eight sacks over thirteen games, which is not bad, but that's not top quality money right there. But then again, that probably is if the Giants, if you're judging it off a half a sack for one year, getting sixteen million, man, that'd be like. Over $100 million right there. Honestly. So, really, they got a steal. <laughs> they got a the steal right tag. there. But, uh, you know, obviously the other big move. Moving on, moving on from my guy, Jameis Winston, the greatest quarterback for their team. Now getting Tom Brady up in there. I'm going to start off. You know, he knows I'm passionate about this. I love Jameis Winston. I fell in love with him this season. And let me just explain this to you guys. So, Tom Brady coming in to Tampa Bay. You know, everyone's saying, oh, sh- dude, Tom Brady, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He's coming. He's coming to Tampa. We're going to we're gonna go off. We got Mike Evans. We got Chris Godwin. We got OJ Howard. We got Ronald Jones. I, I don't know why they're bringing up Ronald Jones. But we got Ronald Jones, at running back. We got Bruce Arians, offensive-minded head coach. Insane. We might get Antonio Brown now because apparently Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. I don't even know what happened. They start bonding over mustaches or something. Giselle probably liked him. I don't know. I really don't know what's happening with that. But here's the thing about it. Tom Brady, 43 years old. This is this is the truth. Everyone's ignoring this. Everyone's saying just moving on from it, just discrediting this. But he's 43 years old. He's not as strong as he used to be. He doesn't have a can of an arm. He never had a can of an arm, to be honest. His throw power is kind of de- decreasing right there. And you could kind of see in New England, he couldn't make the big plays. Yes, they didn't, have, they didn't have top targets. They didn't have top players around it. But a lot of times he'd dump off passes. And I think that not necessarily he's a system guy, but the issue is this. Bruce Arians, vertical threat system. He wants to move the ball downfield, take big passes, just launch it down the field. Tom Brady's not capable of that anymore. He's, or at least not that often. And that's going to be the issue because Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, the type of guy you just throw the ball up to, throw it downfield. He can't do that. Jameis Winston, on the other hand, my guy comes off LASIK eye surgery. Had a torn meniscus and a broken finger during the entire year. Yes, he threw 30 interceptions, but he also threw 30 touchdowns and led the league in passing yards. That's wild stuff. And Jameis Winston, honestly, I feel like would be a better fit because he has the arm. He's younger. He's coming back from all these things. Give him a second year under Bruce Arians. And I maybe Bruce Arians, I feel like he doesn't like the personality of Jameis Winston. But Jameis Winston is a really quality quarterback. And if you could take away those turnovers, which I think he'd be more than capable of, especially knowing that, hey, this is probably our last chance, he'd be taken off with it. He'd be an animal. So I am kind of mad that they moved on from Winston. I don't know if you guys seen the video, but this guy took all his stuff from Tampa Bay, threw it outside, got really pissed off. And that's why I feel about a lot worse. Because I think Jameis Winston is the man. He's the guy for the Buccaneers. And he was going to be able to make that offense go. He was going to go places with them. He was going to be doing the vertical threat. He had a cannon arm, like I mentioned. And he knows what he's mobile. Tom Brady's not. He's none of that. He's not. He's slow. 
He's old. He can't pass the ball downfield. He's declining. He's not worth it. It it's just does not make sense to me at all. So that's not to say you can talk now, but you're you're gonna be wrong if you say anything against my boy Jameis Winston. All right, so I'm just gonna make the case for Tom Brady being you know not a bad signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know, call me crazy that Tom Brady's a solid yeah, signing you are crazy. for the Buccaneers. Tom Brady bad signing. But uh, you know, so. Bruce Arians main concern with Jameis Winston is the 30 interceptions you know you can just blow it off but like that's he's like one of like eight quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to throw for 30 interceptions in a season that's a lot of interceptions that's also pretty so, crazy stuff only eight people have done it that's impressive so Bruce Arians said like at the end of the season he was like you know Jameis he'll make a lot of big plays but he'll also lose us a lot of games and you know with Tom Brady right Tom Brady's got the preparation. He's got, like, the mindset to not, like, throw a lot of interceptions, obviously. You know, he barely throws any interceptions. Uh, and, like, just overall, he's going to play it a lot safer than Jameis would, which can be a good and a bad thing, you know. But I know that Bruce Arians, he's a smart guy, right? He's coached a lot of different types of quarterbacks, a lot of different quarterbacks. And uh, he'll tailor his system to fit Tom Brady's strengths, which is diagnosing a defense, the short and intermediate routes, Right, like I'm sure Chris Godwin and Mike Evans will also make it easier to throw deep routes because they can just out jump like almost every corner in the yeah, league. And uh, OJ Howard is another solid threat from the tight end position, and we know that he uh, Tom Brady loves his tight ends, oh, loves those double Aaron tight Hernandez, end sets. Right? I'm just kidding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's an overall solid signing. You know, like the tension between Bruce Arians and James Winston seems like it was getting like a bit too much, and he wanted to move on. So I feel like overall Tom Brady, good good signing for the Tampa okay. Bay Buccaneers. Does it make them a contender? Probably not because of their defense, right? Their like defense their isn't defense terrible. They isn't, got Beta Bay, Shaq Bear, Devin White. Like it's okay. Their secondary is garbage. It is. Uh so I don't think that they're gonna like win the Super Bowl, but I think that they're better now that they have Tom Brady. Now, okay, like here, their offense is gonna be here's really here's good. the one thing I wanna say. All right, again, obviously I love James Winston. I want him to stay there. I know the interceptions thing is a bad situation, turnover's not good. But the only thing I want to say, at least about Bruce Arians, is this. You know, you can see it. You're right. You know, he's going to be able to figure out with Tom Brady, work out a good game plan with him. But Bruce Arians it was able to take – I think this is the only good example I really have for it because, you know, PPS, he's, he was part of Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of great quarterbacks like that. But these were when they were younger. But the best, the best example I have is when he was in Arizona, he had Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer was not that great when he got him. He was older. He's up there in age. But, yes, then all of a sudden Carson Palmer showdown was launching the ball downfield to, like, John Brown and Jaron Brown, the, the Browns, the Jay Browns for some reason. I don't even know why that was a thing that even worked out. But he is able to work things out. But I do, I do think Tom Brady is going to have an issue with his deep ball accuracy. He's going to still be able to make the plays sometimes. But just don't expect this offense to be as high-powered and explosive as you think it will be. So, basically... Don't I would not take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin high in, in uh, fantasy football. That's all I'm trying to get at. But no, Jameis Winston, I do feel like he'd be the better fit. But Tom Brady, they'll be able to work out a good game plan. It's just more of a preference of, hey, yo, Bruce, listen, like it's him saying, do I want to deal with the immaturities of Jameis Winston, knowing that he has the talent to be successful, but he can make some bad plays. Or do I want to go for Tom Brady, who's up there in age, may not be able to make the big plays, but I can come up with a really quality game plan for him and try to win some games and not put up as many points as people think. Yeah, I like that's what I'm saying, right? Like they might not put as many points, as many yards, but like they'll be a lot like safer. They won't give like a lot of points away. 
uh, on their offensive side. They went through nearly as many pick sixes as they did last hey, year. Those, and like they'll just keep downs. they'll keep the ball more. They won't put their defense in as many bad positions, which is obviously going to help them out. Yeah, that's true. You know, okay, enough talk about that though. You know, I do. Again, I do like James Winston. He likes Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's a little decent, but. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But th- I'm just going to put this one out there. I don't even like Tom Brady that much, but like <laughs> the Tom Brady slander from Jameis Winston guy over here is Dude, just a Jameis too much. Winston's what's up. I'm the I'm the only guy seeing the truth. Jameis Winston's what's up. He's the, I, I, the thing that sucks too that just makes me even worse, like even more upset about this. Is that he's not going to He's not going to get a starting job. job anywhere. I don't know why. I don't know why. That's the thing. He she deserves I'm telling you. Like fire Dave Gettleman, hire me. I'll cut Daniel. I won't even trade Daniel. Jones. I'll cut Daniel Jones and I'll sign James Winston to a max contract, five years, two hundred million dollars, paying him more than Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm saying. It's an interesting call for sure. <laughs> now moving on to one of the actually more interesting calls, DeAndre Hopkins. This That's is pretty interesting. Of, this was one of the most interesting calls. Do you hop for David Johnson, a second rounder? You know, we were talking about. You know, look. So we were just chilling one day. Drew and I were actually there together. We were chilling. You know, it was like in the morning. We saw David Johnson got traded to uh to the Texans. We're like, that's pretty good. You know, the DJ, DJ backfield, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, or Duke Johnson Jr. So it's DJ, DJ, J, or DJ, DJ, J, right? So it's nice, just a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Bro. I don't know. I thought it sounded cooler in my head. <laughs> no, really. DJ squared is what we're going to call it. But we saw it. It was like pretty good. David Johnson, Duke Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Sean uh, Watson, Will Fuller. Good offense, right? That was like, powerful. But then we saw, oh. Some teams were looking into trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I said, that's not going to happen. They're going to give up a lot. Then we found out a few hours later, DeAndre Hopkins actually got traded to the Cardinals for a second rounder and David Johnson. And what a mess that is. Bob, Bill O'Brien, Bob the Builder is not the Builder. He sucks at doing this job. He's, he's not even a good coach. I don't even know why he gave him general manager priorities. But terrible trade for the Texans. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking at all. No, like, like, let me break this one down, right? So the Cardinals got like probably like a top three Ar- wide receiver, arguably the best, receiver arguably in the, the game. best receiver, definitely like top three, top five receiver in the game, and they gave up not even a first, a second round pick. Their backup right? running back, and their backup running back who is has a terrible contract yeah. and keeps getting injured. He was a cap. That's what ca- they it was gave a cap casualty. They basically gave a cap casualty in a second round. I think it's crazy to see that. And like the Texans, like you know, they, they said it happened because you know, oh, there was bad tensions between DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien. But at that point, you just gotta look at it and say, dude, Bill O'Brien sucks at being a man- general yeah, manager. Just get rid of Bill O'Brien. <laughs> he takes things way too personally. DeAndre Hopkins is going to pay $15 million per year, and so he wants to get an upgrade, pay grade to 18 to $20 mil. Well-deserved, obviously. And they're like, no. No, that's... How, how dare you... How dare you ask for that much money, man? Are you... Are you kidding me? You're getting paid $2 million more than David Johnson is. That's well... Uh, you're well off, all right? So, no, you're not getting it. That's so dumb. And then, you know, there's this... This meeting that just came up that people are now talking about. Michael Irvin said he talked to the Hopkins. Michael Irvin then told everybody about it. Probably not the smartest thing he should have done. Probably should not think that went through. But now we know. All right. Basically, what happened was DeAndre Hopkins told him that you know there was a meeting between him and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien called him and said, "Yo, we need to talk. You know, the money issue, whatever. You know, maybe it was a normal conversation. You'd be expecting it. They talk about his baby mama's not coming around the facility anymore, right? You know, look, maybe not the best thing you should be talking about, but not not terrible in the sense of maybe not necessarily calling him out for having." Baby mamas, but like, hey, stop bringing people around here. You know, this is like a facility. You know, we can't have personal people around here all the time. Understandable, right? That makes sense. You know, understand it. 
But then he went ahead and said, hey, by the way, never had to have a meeting like this. The only person I ever had a meeting like this with was Aaron Hernandez, who is a murderer and has a Netflix TV series about him killing people. Like, like, how do you compare DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best players, no issues off the field, nothing wrong, one of the one wide receivers that actually is good and it's not a diva, and compared to Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, at that point, Bill O'Brien, honestly, Bill O'Brien should have just lost his job a while ago, right? <laughs> he should have lost his job while he was just the coach and not even the general manager. He's not very good. He's getting absolutely carried by DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, and then he becomes the general manager, does even worse, gives up two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny freaking Stills, right? And then and then he calls DeAndre Hopkins similar to a murderer, right? Like, dude, just get rid of Bill O'Brien, Texans. Like, listen to me. I know that now the GM can't fire the coach because he's the same person, but the, the owner, just the get owner rid exists. of him. Exactly. Bill O'Brien is like... Trying to be like Bill Belichick, but there's nothing near to him. He's like that. He's like the movies where you have like the brother that's actually good at what he does, and then the evil twin, you know? Bill O'Brien wants to get all the love from his parents. He wants to be just like his his twin, his his successful brother, Bill Belichick, with the six rings, the money, the the you know, just living the life, having a good time. He wants to be just like him. But he can't get out of his own way, causing all these issues, just ruining his life. It's just not good. Bill O'Brien, not good. They need to fire him right now. Terrible, terrible thing. I, I don't know what he's doing. I really don't understand. Like, get rid of Bob. He's not building anything successful. And the only reason they won a playoff game was because Deshaun Watson somehow got leveled out by two Bills players at the same time. Like, it's, it's yeah, weird. No, Deshaun Watson is carrying that franchise right now. If they actually had a good coach and a, and a general manager, they could honestly be contenders by now. Yeah, but like, yeah they could. No, yeah, apparently not. This is worse than Jadavion Clowney trade. And I thought that was bad because they got a fourth rounder in Bacavius Mingo. All right. Uh, but, you know, looking at the bright side, though, let's look at the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are pretty good. Yeah, the Cardinals. That was a great trade for yeah. them. They get a rid plus. of David Johnson. Backup running back, get, cap, cap casualty. And they get DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> you know? Like, that's an incredible weapon for Kyler Murray. You know, now they don't have, you know, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald as the number one well, option. And then they become really good now because Christian Kirk is an amazing, would be an amazing second option. Larry Fitzgerald number three. Exactly. Takes the pressure off of, you know, Kenyon Drake in the yeah. backfield. Kenyon Dr- more of a passing threat. And Kenyon Drake has been amazing this past season. Exactly. Way better than David Johnson. Yeah. Kyler Murray, mobile guy in the pocket can pass the ball down fuel can move around unlike tom brady uh cliff kingsbury offensive my head coach can do a lot of things for them and then the other thing about it is they have a great tight end with dan arnold shout amazing out dan arnold. Uh, shout out Underrated. dan arnold honestly uh my boy jalen bricks knows talked about dan arnold uh, if you guys know some of the interview go listen to it great guy uh doing a little plug right there but uh no honestly and the other thing that is amazing is somehow they've managed to keep the first round pick but there's a lot of questions going on saying, are they going to use it on C.D. Lamb, you know, a wide receiver, a threat, you know, another versatile piece, or are they going to try to protect Kyler Murray? No, they can just protect Kyler Murray because they already got, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins. It's crazy. Exactly. And, like, who are they going to draft in the second round with that pick? Like, somebody who wasn't as good as DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you obviously. That for so maybe, like, maybe somebody better than David Johnson, though. Well, maybe. probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And they have a good deep. They have Chandler Jones on the defense side of the ball. Just signed Devin Kennard. Shout out Devin Kennard. No, but they have Patrick Peterson still there. You know, it's like we're forgetting about that. They have some good players. Uh, Now, now moving off to that to another wide receiver trade, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. So the trade right now I feel like looks a lot worse 
uh, just because DeAndre Hopkins got traded for a second round pick. But uh, yeah, the Phils gave up a first and like a fourth and a yeah. fifth. Shout, and a shout out to the Vikings for actually not going to be good at their job. Yeah, but uh, I feel like that was a solid trade for both teams. I think like, it Stephon was. Diggs, you know, there was some unrest with the Vikings, you know. Like, yeah. last season, it was, like, all popping off between him and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yeah, it wasn't great. But, you know, now he's out of there. You know, the Vikings get a first-round pick. That's pretty they solid. Could use, they could trade up, maybe get another wide receiver if they really wanted to. But the Bills, great trade for the Oh, Bills. amazing trade. They didn't get snaked like Antonio, or backed out like Antonio Brown did. Remember that? Exactly. No, but like, Stephon Diggs is a great player. And the other thing about the Vikings, you gotta think about this: Seven Diggs is gonna pay a lot of money, and yeah. they, I don't—they can't keep that up with that payroll, especially no, with I Kirk mean, Cousins. Yeah, they're they extending Kirk Cousins for another two years. Yeah, no, but you know, Stephon Diggs, great. He's a, he, honestly, I, like I know people, like I don't know if how you're gonna take this statement. But I think he's one of the most un- more underrated. Like, yes, he's a star wide receiver. A lot of people know who he is, but he's un- he's an underrated star. You know, like people don't think of Stephon Diggs as one of the best wide receivers in the game. Yeah, but like I feel like this year, you know, he's got Josh Allen. He's the new number one threat. Actually, mm-hmm. gives Josh Allen a solid receiving threat. I feel like he could really go yeah. off this year. Stephon, Stephon Diggs, and then the other thing is John Brown can take off take the top off the defense. Cole Beasley can take this short route. Stephon Diggs is a great player. Devin Singletary, quality running back, and dude. Talk about the AFC East, right? The AFC East, right? Wide open now. Yeah, honestly. I mean, hey, you know, the Patriots are going to fall back a bit. The Bills are going to take a step up. Who knows what's going to happen with the Dolphins. Let's say they get Tua, and Tua does amazing his first year. I mean, the Jets went 7-9 somehow. And maybe Sam Donald won't get mono. You know, maybe he won't start getting mono for another five weeks and just almost killing himself because his spleen's vulnerable. It's, It's just a mess. Who knows? But the this is a good, it's a decent division. You know, it's gonna be wild to see what happens. Um, now we got a couple more moves to talk about. We have two more moves we're gonna talk about. Uh, first one being just the Cowboys in general retaining some players. Dak Prescott staying at quarterback in a franchise tag. Amari Cooper being signed to a hundred million dollar contract over five years. Um, like the move of the franchise tag. Dak Prescott was asking for way too much money. Cowboys actually did a smart idea. Franchise tag, which is shut down in the first place. Probably shouldn't have signed him long term. Didn't see what happens. Kept Amari Cooper. Maybe 20 million is a little bit too much for him, but he's still a really high wide receiver. It showed he had a great relationship, great bond with Dak Prescott on that team. So I like the move of franchise tagging Dak and keeping uh, Amari Cooper around. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper, bit of an overpay. You know, he's a little inconsistent for me. Like, he's, you know, he's like leading the NFL in drops in the last five years or something. But, I mean, you know, he's good. He's got a bunch of talent. He could be like a top five receiver in the league. And Dak Prescott, it's risky to give him a bunch of money because then, like, you can't really afford to pay all your other players who mm-hmm. are coming up, like Leighton Vanderesh, all those sort Shout of guys. Leighton Vanderesh. Yeah, he's gonna suck because he had a neck brace, but he's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I feel like good idea to franchise tag Dak. If he goes off again this year, then they're gonna have to pay him. Um, but if but, he goes off, then it's okay. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, now the last type of move we're gonna talk about the last team, the Browns. Got Austin Hooper. Got Jack Conklin. I like the move protecting protecting Baker with the offensive line. Honestly, could draft Andrew Thomas now as well. I think he's one of the most underrated offensive linemen. Somehow become the most underrated offensive lineman in this draft because I don't know how Tristan Wilson, Jedrick, Jedrick Wills, I don't even know how the hell this man became, like, good. I don't know because he, he tested well, dude. I don't want my offensive lineman testing well. Like, example, Orlando Brown tested Brown, or tested horribly. At and the then what do you know? This year Kinda he's good. Really good. He's gas. <laughs> You know, Jack Conklin, though, Andrew Thomas, if they get him, would be a really good offensive line, but they're really protecting Baker. Austin Hooper, I don't know why, again, they're moving on for David Njoku. Yes, he's a little bit injury-prone, but, I, you know, hey, Austin Hooper's a great tight end. If you can get him, get him. You know, Baker maybe he's got a lot of pieces, and this is 
this is going to be an interesting Browns team this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jack, like the major issue with the Browns last year, you know, obviously they had quite a few stuff going on, but their tackles were absolutely terrible, right? They were so bad. They signed my boy Hubbard, right, from the Steelers, <laughs> and I don't know why they signed him. Like, I saw that we were losing him. He was our backup right tackle, right? He played like six games, so out of the six, and then they man, signed him. For so much money. It was and so And I was bad. like, okay, I didn't think he was even that good when he played his six games. But okay, and what do you know? He was absolutely terrible for the Browns. Hey, shout, right? out, shout out him for secure people to Jimmy Garoppolo. I he was. really secured the bag. But yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? I feel like this is a pretty underrated move. Hopefully they can get sure of their left tackle. And then, hey, who knows what can happen? They are can the, really pop up. Are off. the Browns the new, uh, the new Madden type version of the Rams from a couple years ago? Um, I mean, a lot of stars on there, you know? I mean, I guess, but, like, they don't really have the old... Like, their stars are all, like, young. Like, they're all, like, younger in their prime. I feel like the Rams, like, they fell off (laughs) because not only did Jared Goff get, like, a lot worse, but also, (laughs) like, a bunch of their people were old, you know? Shout out Andrew Whitworth, though. Got the bag. Andrew Whitworth is so old and he just got a three-year contract he, he's like <laughs> 30 million that goes up to 37 and a half i don't understand but hey good for him honestly um so now uh before we get to the interviews again with uh bcu players uh marcus ford and marquis hendricks we have a couple moves that could be made we'll talk about where they could potentially go we have five players uh you know first will be in jadavion Clowney. now where do you think Clowney's is gonna end up you know i was hoping the giants still a possibility but I don't see that happening. I don't know what team that wants. Does I mean a lot of teams need a, a pass rusher, but I don't know what team's gonna go after and get him. I think it's gonna be. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I I did actually think that he might end up with the Giants, but obviously that's not gonna happen anymore. Um, I could see him maybe going back to the Seahawks. You know, like that be, like yeah. why would you leave the Seahawks? You know, oh man, Tedrick good. Thompson's requesting a trade. Tedrick Thompson, yeah, Free good safety. point. Uh, or maybe watch out for the Jets. The Jets haven't really spent a bunch of money. Yeah. They have a bunch of money. You know, they could just throw them an absolutely massive contract and just try to get him there. Pair him up with CJ Mosley. They, they'd have they a have pretty got- solid front seven. Quinn and Williams, yeah. they'd have a pretty solid front seven. What about the Dolphins? Dolphins have money. The, the, yeah, but... They need a pass rusher. The, there's another player on this list who I think that they're going to pay a bunch of money to. So, I mean... Pay? I think they're just going to trade for somebody on this I list. I think they're going to pay for somebody I, I think they're going to trade. Uh, uh, but, uh, no, Kalani, real quick before we get to... Uh, so, to uh, prediction, I'm just going to go with uh, the, the Jets. Seahawks. Oh, the Seahawks. Think, oh, not the Jets? No, I think the Jets are a sleeper team to sign, but I think the Seahawks yeah. are probably going to sign. I would say the Chargers, but they don't need them. But I was just saying that because they made a lot of moves this offseason. Like, they're actually getting a lot of great <laughs> Shout players. Shout out the Chargers. Shout out the Chargers. We'll talk about the next episode. Uh, got to save some content because, you know, the coronavirus is kind of wiping it out. <laughs> but, no, Clowney, the Colts would be interesting to see because they, they do need another pass rusher, right? Could be an interesting because, yes, they have Darius Leonard, a good front seven, but they would have an elite pass rusher right there. Uh, I don't know. I just felt that would be, like, an interesting team. Maybe the Panthers could throw a bag at them. Yeah. They're kind of getting up there. You know, they lost Luke Eakley, as we know. Their star defensive player put it on there. That could, that could be an interesting piece right there. But, uh, you know, I do, honestly, with what's happening with the Giants kind of failing at being good at signing people. That's I, not a shock at all, by I the could, way. Yeah. Oh, so surprised. Dave Gettleman. <laughs> no, but no, Clowney to the Seahawks probably going to end up happening. Uh, next player to come up, Todd Gurley. You know, trade block type of guy. I think he's going to trade it to the Miami Dolphins. Is this the controversial piece we're coming at right now? Uh, I don't really think it's that controversial. Like, I could see him going to the Dolphins. But, I think he's going to get traded to the Bucks, But, like, I mean, he could go to either of them. So who do you think Dolphins are going to get? I think the Dolphins are going to sign Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon. Uh, to a big contract. I mean, I don't... 
I just feel like they, you know, I mean, they just signed Jordan Howard, so who knows? They might not even shout go out Jordan out. Howard. Shout My out Jordan God. Howard. I mean, considering that Ryan Fitzpatrick led them in rushing yards last year, like they need a running back. Uh, so okay, that's I mean, such blown up a portion, dude. It's because they <laughs> trade Kenyon Drake. Yeah, but they trade him halfway through the season. You would think he would have had more than two hundred thirty something okay, rushing yards. Yeah, that's true. Two hundred sixty three to two, be precise. Okay, yeah, or one of their running backs in the second half of the season could have Who? had more than two hundred sixty three. Yeah. No. I remember everybody was trying to gas him I've, up I at the start a, of the season. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. All right, so let's let's actually attack this trade. Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. I got Todd Gurley going to Miami, Melvin Gordon to the Bucks. You have I've got it going. the opposite way around. I've got it the opposite way around. Look, I know the rumors are circulating that Todd Gurley is going to go to the Bucks, but then again, the rumors circulating that Brady is going to the Chargers, and then he ended up going to the Bucks. I so, still can't believe that Tom Brady is going to the Bucks instead of the Chargers. By yeah, the way, let was, me just throw that one that out was there. Small. That was spicy, spicy move. But no, honestly. I got Todd Gurley going to the Miami Dolphins because I think Brian Flores is going to see that, hey, he's an elite talent. Yes, he has an injury, but they're a younger team. They can they can roll it. They don't care. They're not in a win-now mode. I think they're going to go after Todd Gurley, get him in there. Because, hey, Madden, he's pretty sick at juking people, by the way. If you're ever trying to do anything, get Todd Gurley if you want some juice. But Saquon, pretty good too. But no, Todd Gurley, I just have him going to the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to be able to just say, hey, here you go. And then the other thing about it, right, the Rams probably don't want to make another contender. So if they give them to the Dolphins, they're not going to contend right now. It, like they're really not. For being honest, Dolphins aren't going to be a contenders right now. So the Rams are going to notice that. Take notice. You know, both seeing that they're in the NFC, right? They're in the NFC teams. Say so, let's let's get them over and let's try to prevent the issue of him going and being on the Bucks. Let's give them to the Dolphins and get a couple quality picks out of it. And I got Gordon then obviously going to Tampa Bay. Gonna be, they're going to need a running back. Get him up in there and have him pair up with Tom Brady. All right, this is why I'm going with the other way around, right? Todd Gurley to the Bucks. okay? This is because, so obviously Tom Brady is there now, so they need to win now. But they don't just need to, like, win now, you know, make the playoffs. They need to win the Super Bowl, right? That's what they're going for. That's why Tom Brady's there, to try to win the Super Bowl. Todd Gurley, if he's healthy, is arguably the best running back in the league, top five running back in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. So if he's healthy, he can help them push them over the top. Also gives a receiving threat out of the backfield, which uh, Brady's a big fan of with his running back. James you know. White, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weird to say, but it's the truth. Though. Yeah, so I feel like he fits better uh, with Tom Brady, and I feel like he gives that star power that the Bucks really need coming out of the backfield. Whereas Melvin Gordon, I feel like he goes to the Dolphins because obviously they're going to bring, they're probably going to bring two in. They're definitely going to bring a quarterback in uh, who's a rookie, and they're going to need just a consistent presence back there. And like Todd Gurley, this injury, you don't know if he's going to be able to be back there all the time. So I feel like they go with Melvin Gordon, give him like the main bell cow duties, and then go from there. I think, have I, think, I, think the, there. I honestly just think the main question comes down to. What team is going to be giving them more in the trade? Because you know, obviously Tampa Bay they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot of picks. If we're being honest, and they need to get some players around, especially on the defense side of things. They might want to just give up a fourth. You know, the Miami Dolphins might the luxury of saying here's a third or even a second, which should be kind of wild to see them do that. But I think a third would be a great, a bigger possibility from the Dolphins. So it should just be interesting to see what happens. Last two players to talk about the goat and then Cam Newton. Uh, first one being James Winston. Where is he going? I have no idea. I just want to talk about him because he's obviously amazing. Uh, I heard a lot of rumors him going to the Bears, but no, not going to happen anymore. Uh, I heard him going to Pittsburgh. Be an interesting thing. He's not going to get starting jobs, what I've heard recently. And it was just sad to see. But go to Pittsburgh. Ben Rossberg's going to obviously, he's going to suck, right? He's not that good. He's up there in age. No, probably going to retire maybe in a year. I think Mike Tomlin, I think Mike Tomlin's going to love Jameis Winston for some reason. I think he's going to love that personality. Don't know why, but I think they get along really well. And then I think Jameis Winston, 
he's very similar to Ben Roethlisberger, right? A bigger body with a big arm, right? And they're kind of like, that's not, maybe, you know, Roethlisberger. You know, you're a Steelers fan. You probably know more about this than me. But Roethlisberger, yes, probably makes smart decisions, right? But I feel like they both have this, this, this the, the big talent, the talent guy right there is just a big body with a can of an arm that can somewhat move in the pocket. So that's why I feel like that'd be a good fit. And somebody also just learn behind him is Ben Roethlisberger would be a good guy to learn from. And Mike Tomlin, I just be able to handle his personality. Yeah, if the Steelers actually had cap space, like you said, I'm a Steelers fan, I would be so down for us to sign uh, Jameis Winston, but unfortunately we don't. And uh, I mean, him and Ben Roethlisberger are very, very similar players, right? They both take a lot. Of, they both take a lot of risks. Uh, like Ben Roethlisberger's known to take a lot of risks. You know, throws throws interceptions, but also you know has big plays. They've both led the pa- the league in passing yards recently, you know. <laughs> and like yeah, they both have cans of arms and they can get the the ball down the field. Uh but I don't think he's going to go there just because they don't have a lot of money. Well, no, the cash says so is who's going to even want to sign him and have that person as a backup. So the money might not even be that big of an issue. Yeah, but they have like no cap space. They could I'm sure they would figure out a way. Because <laughs> look, they fucking they've they've made some Rudolph, dude. Yeah, I know. No, no. Tra- I just said I want him. I just don't think he's going to go there. I think he. I think a, they can make money. They can make moves. Yeah, uh, I did think that he was going to go to the Bears until, you know, they s- traded for Nick Foles. That's awesome. That was an interesting call. Apparently, he's not going to the Chargers because they're just going to stick it out with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Underrated. So, honestly, I have no idea where he's going to go. Literally, no clue. I, I could not tell you. XFL? X- CFL? No, he'll get he'll get picked AFL? up by a team. Practice Maybe, uh, I don't know. The Maybe Patriots? he goes to, no, I feel like Bill Belichick would absolutely <laughs> hate him. Uh, he'd hate, I, I don't know. Maybe Miami, you know? Maybe he signs a big contract in Miami for I, one year. <laughs> and that, so that way they can hold out to a, if his Ooh, hips don't I like hurts. that. I like, I like that. That's the best guess that I have. Now, last guy to bring up, Cam Newton. There's a lot of people, you know, there's there's three people, the three teams that are really looking at. Bears, not going to get them. They got Nick Foles. The Chargers feel like they'd be a perfect place for him. Second out with Tyrod Taylor. And then the Patriots was a name. I don't think that the Patriots are going to, I don't think Bill Belichick would want Cam Newton. I really don't. I don't think any of the no. people available, Bill, uh, Andy Dalton is somebody to keep an eye on, or Matthew Stafford. For the uh, Patriots, but Cam Newton's a big name. So do you think he's going to be traded? Like, the, what's going to happen with Cam Newton? Cam Newton, by the way, so overrated. Cam Newton is absolutely okay. garbage. I don't <laughs> think he's overrated. I think they're overrating about how amazing he is currently. Like, yeah. oh, he's he could be going off. But, like, for me, for example, I think that he has still the abilities to be good. But I don't think that he is good necessarily. But if he has the right coaching and stays healthy, he still has that elite talent to become and stay, you know, become good. Here, Let me just specify that. Here's the, here's the problem with Cam Newton right now, right? His main, like, thing that he had going on earlier in his career was his ability to run the ball, right? He obviously wasn't like Lamar Jackson running for a bunch of yards. But, like, when you would get Cam Newton into the red zone, this man would score, right? Ten yards out just QB draw literally every single play and he scored a bunch right he scored like 10 plus rushing touchdowns his first like three seasons in the league but then you know he started getting injured even though he's a massive body started getting injured so now they don't want to run him as much because they're worried about him getting injured and like now he's trying to become like a pocket passer but he's extremely inaccurate 
he doesn't complete 60% of his passes. To put that in perspective, Drew Brees completes almost 75% okay, of his passes. Okay, well, Sam Bradford completed 75 as yeah. well, so it doesn't matter. Blown up a portion of stat. No, no, no. But less than 60% is actually terrible. Like, that's he's so inaccurate. And it's not like he's just throwing it to players and they're just dropping them. He's, mean, so, he's not a good quarterback. Didn't, like, Len Dawson have, like, a 49 completion percentage? Yeah, though? but Len Dawson... And he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. Len Dawson got absolutely <laughs> carried. If you give Len, if you give Cam Newton the 1969 Chiefs defense, he could maybe win a Super Bowl. By the way, if you guys aren't oh, aware please. about the 1969 oh. Chiefs, uh, you can watch America's Game All I'm about saying, dude, the Chiefs. Guys, it's watch, a pretty good binge one. watch America's Game, dude. Like, those are some quality things. Like, we've watched, like, four in, like, the best day. They're quality quality things. Look them up. Yeah, check out my boy Lenny Lenny Dawson. Honestly. Uh, yeah, but it, where's, where, where yeah, do you think Cam Newton's going to go? Sorry about your rant, dude, all right? You I'm just saying. Right there, I'm just yeah. saying. I but, I don't like. Him, I don't. Dude. I honestly, dude. I don't. I think he's just gonna get the Chargers. Okay. I know this kind. Of, I know they said they're gonna stick with Tyrod. If I think they're just kind of like saying it. If I think they're. I I feel like they're just gonna go to the Chargers because there's no other team. And I think they're just gonna take a flyer on him because I mean unless he gets cut, but a team's gonna want him. So I think it's just like I know the Chargers. So they're out on a quarterback. They're not looking into one, but keep an eye on the Chargers for getting him. Yeah, I mean, like, it's got to be someone with cap space because he's got, like, a $20 million contract. Yeah. So, like, unless the Panthers are going to take some of that on which in I, the trade. I feel which, like they would. I mean, maybe just to get him out of there yeah. so that way they can give Teddy Bridgewater, you know, full control. But, like, I mean, he's going to go somewhere maybe. If, like, they take a lot of the money, maybe the Ravens get him as a backup quarterback behind Lamar. You know it would be a surprise thing right here? I don't think it could happen, but keep an eye on this. Jacksonville, Mitchy Mania. I, I could see Jacksonville. I know they're kind of rocking with Gardner, but he's he doesn't have an elite trait. He's not. He, I mean, his mustache is pretty. Elite. I was gonna say he's got a lot of elite traits. <laughs> got <his> personality. Yeah, <laughs> facts. But I, I, that could be a team to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on on Jacksonville for going after any quarterback on the market right now. To be honest, yeah. whether it be a Jameis Winston or a Cam Newton. I I like that. I like that. I could see Cam Newton yeah. there. So you know, Drew, thank you for coming on again. Oh yeah, no problem. No oh, problem. All right. So you know, James Winston's the goat still, right? Let me specify that. If you guys took away anything at all from this episode, it's James Winston's the goat. Uh, but no, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Drew, thank you for coming on. And as promised, we have two great interviews with uh, two BCU players, uh, Marcus Ford and Marquis Hendricks. First one being Marcus Ford. And today, joining us on the Game Ball Podcast, we have former BCU player and current NFL draft prospect. Marcus Ford joining the podcast. Doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty all right. You know, haven't gotten the coronavirus, so <laughs> I'm chilling. <laughs> That's facts. Uh, uh, for sure. So, um, you know, a question I like to start off with whenever I have somebody on the show is I like to ask why they start playing the sport they're playing. So, why'd you start playing football in the first place? Uh, well, at first it was just something my dad got me into. No, uh, at a real young. So I was into it because it was a lot of hard work over time. You know, that just kind of became who I am, hard work all the time. And I realized that it was paying off pretty well, so kept yeah. it up. And then, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you're, you're pretty talented. I've seen your tape. Um, but, you know, uh, do you like try to model your game after anybody in particular? Um, well, you know... A lot of people try to compare me to, you know, those top pass rushers. So I just, I don't really mold myself after anybody, but I guess I just have those the qualities of, you know, those guys like Vaughn Miller, Clowney, yeah. all of them. People say it a lot, you know, but 
things they do, and uh-huh. you know, it just kind of happens that way. And I mean, hey, it's it's good to be compared to this player. So that means you're doing something right. So keep it up for sure. Um, so uh, you know, going to college, right? You were getting recruited out of high school, and you had a lot of great programs recruiting you, including Tennessee and Wisconsin. You ended up uh, committing to Rutgers. What to the, what led to that decision? Um. Well, they had took a lot of players early. Uh-huh. Uh huh. did. Uh, I committed to them for like pretty much my whole season, and then I ended up decommitted just because they took a lot of players early in the spring, and uh, they were a lot, a, little, a lot of them in my position. So mm-hmm. just choke. Uh, Rutgers, you know, and I love the coach, uh, the defensive line coach. To this day, I think he's still one of the you know most skilled coaches out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, unfortunately, at Rutgers, there was some things that occurred. But you know, you left, you decided to leave the program, and you went, you decided to go to JUCO. You know, what was that experience like going from a Division One team to going to play junior college football? Um, it was a uh, pretty humbling. You know, yeah. I was still growing up. I was only seventeen going into college, so it was a lot to take in. You know, it was a lot of culture shocks all at once. And then once I got to Mississippi, it was crazy, man. Yeah. There was nothing there, especially in Ellisville, you know. Nobody knows where that is. <laughs> population of 500 people is not from the actual pool. So. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was pretty good, though. I mean, I met a lot of great people, you know, down-to-earth people, man. They uh-huh. helped me come back up and get my career going. Yeah, that, and that's, that's great to hear you were able to turn it around. But, you know, what, what is like what is Juco football like compared to, you know, Division One football and, and such? Uh-huh. I mean, it's a lot of disparity, just like in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of different players. Not everybody's a dog, you know. Yeah. So, so you'll get the, a great running back, and sometimes just kind of throw into the air, you know. Yeah. So it's, it was kind of like high school in that aspect, except just a little on a higher level. You know, it was uh, the Duke I went to had a really good at, uh, conference, so. Mm-hmm. The top ones, it wasn't, uh, you know, pushed over to go, but I had a good experience. You know, it was a lot of, I played with Devon Kinlaw right by my side. And really? John, yeah, John Abrams was a safety right behind me. So oh, that wow. That is, that is, that is, that is a crazy deep, that must have been insane to have to play against. I can only <laughs> imagine. I'd be terrified right there. <laughs> Playing your first yeah. game against U3. Oh, that was, <laughs> that's terrible. So, like, what do you, what do you think the biggest thing you were able to gain from uh, from Juco? Um, really, just it was a good experience altogether, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of a lot of. I really have to reshape how I played because um, it kind of helped because it went from high school to Juco and then back to Division One. Yeah, uh, you know, I got to mold how I played even better. Yeah, use different moves on different players. You know, I could tell. You know. Hello? Was uh, Sorry. Yeah. able to read it better, you mm-hmm. know, with all the disparity in Juco. And uh, I feel like that really just helped me fine tune what I had to do before I got to Division One football. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you had a you had a, a phenomenal stint when you were playing uh, junior college, and it led to you being, you know, recruited again. And you, you committed to Eastern Carolina, but then something happened, they took away the offer, and you went to, you decided to go to, you know, BCU. Like, what, what was that whole experience like having to go through all that stuff again? Like, what was it like mentally? Well, you know, I've been through a lot mentally my early years in college, so mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was pretty daunting. I know I, I kept my faith really. That's what kept me going. I mean, a lot of guys would have quit, you know, hearing hearing oh we can't do it, you know, 
getting turned down or whatever, but I kept going. I found a place and I made it happen. Uh, here I am. So yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you finally able to figure things out, and you were you played your first game for you know uh, Coleman and all that. You know, what was like? What was you had an immediate impact? So like, what was this going through your mind? Like the first snap, just feeling like you know everything's behind you now and you can only go up. Like you made it. You know, what was that first snap like? Uh, it was great. I mean, I, it was real emotional. I can tell you that. I mean, at first, and once I got there, I realized it was just a whole new start, and I couldn't be more thankful. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot about life in general. This whole process, so I was able to maximize it as much as I could. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and then, like I said, you had an immediate impact your first year there. And then 2018, 2019, you made, you made the uh, MEAC first team defense. You know, what was it like, you know, knowing that you, you weren't being unnoticed, like you were putting in the work and you're getting recognized for it? It felt great. I mean, I, you know, my coaches, high school coach, I went to a high school that wasn't really that successful. You know, we had our first uh, district uh, championship and uh, I think it was like 10, 12 years. Uh, over my junior year, I, well, my coach always told me you're gonna get noticed no matter where you're at. So yeah, I, I knew once I got to that school, BCU was gonna be the same thing. I just had to work, and then people would be able to tell what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I'll need to have an inside club to get where I'm going. Yeah, for sure. So do you think you just your work ethic and putting in the work was like allowed you to make such a big name for yourself at this program? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Work, work ethic, faith, and that, uh, those two go hand in hand, man. If yeah. You have that, Sky's work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have to ask, like, what was the craziest game you've been a part of, you know, at, at your uh, during your career there? So, uh, the classic, the Florida classic. It's uh, the Cookman and FAMU. So uh-huh. HBC, they, uh, you know, they battle a lot every year, last game of the year. It's a huge event for HBCUs, man. I'd, probably, I'd say one of the biggest, if not the biggest. But uh, that, I went through three of those where uh, I think <laughs> – I think nine years in a row we won. Yeah. So I've been part of the last three winning teams, and that felt great. You know, uh, my second to last year at Cookman, I was the I was the guy who made him throw an interception. You know, I, he was in my arms as he threw a game losing interception, and then uh, you know we ended up winning that game solely yeah. off of that. But that felt even great. Yeah. Now, that must have, that must have been crazy knowing that like you know, you made that play, and it was just, it was because of you. That that's that has to be an awesome feeling. Definitely. Uh, um, so this question, a little bit off topic, but I like to ask it. Now, if you could meet any three people, living or dead, who would they be? Oh, well, it'd have to be Warren Buffett. Okay. Right. Ray Lewis. And one more. Hmm. Oh, man. That's a hard one. Hey, hey, there's a lot of people. You got to think about it. Yeah, honestly... It would probably just be the head of the NFL okay. altogether. Right. Just to just to know what the whole thing is about. So like like the commissioner, is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. Roger Goodell or someone? Yeah, like, that'd be that'd be cool again to ask him some questions about that too, with you know, the new CBA coming up and all that <laughs> Going through a lot of stuff. That's crazy. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of secrets I don't know about the NFL, you know, it'd be nice to be plugged in in that regard. Yeah, no, that was this there's a reason why it gets paid a lot to do that. It's crazy. It is wild. But um, you said Ray Lewis. Why would you want to meet Ray? Uh, man, self-explanatory. It's Ray Lewis, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, uh, so much wisdom. You know, just in just in 
what he's been through alone. You know, everybody knows about his backstory, how he came up and everything. And he's just a great guy altogether. And I see stuff online about him all the time, stuff he says. I would just love to pick his brain one time, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I get that. He was, he was one of the best to ever do it, that's for sure. Yeah. Andy, could, Andy could teach you a, a little a little good uh, intro dance right there coming into the field. <laughs> Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> I know. He, he has the moves. So, uh, you know, coming back over to, like, the, the NFL draft process, you know, this is a huge offseason for you, one, probably one of the biggest ones. But, like, what's what's something you've been trying to work on this offseason? Um, well, when scouts came through, uh, you know, my coaches would tell me that they said I need to gain some weight and uh, keep the speed with it, and then I should be solid to get into the league. So, that was what I focused on, just gaining the weight, getting faster, getting more explosive, and I gained 25 pounds, and I'm more explosive and faster wow. than I was before. So. That is a, that's a pretty, that's an impressive stuff to hear. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? So uh, you were able to participate in the College Gridiron Showcase. What was that like? It was great being in front of a huge stage. Like I think it was 31 NFL scouts and a whole bunch of other leagues out there. Um, it was a great process. I loved it. I enjoyed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to be in, with some really good talent. You know, I showed out. I got moved up from the small school to the big school showcase. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what, were you able to, like, learn anything there? Or was it just, like, you, you know, show, showing your ability to play? Or did you, like, get taught some, some new stuff? Um, yeah, we had some knowledgeable coaches out there, some, some good wisdom. We had a, a few scouts out there coaching us as well. Uh, it was some things we needed to hear before the pro days and all the mm-hmm. – Workouts and everything, you know, just a lot of inside things for the next level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily true or not, but I read, I saw, I heard a rumor, I saw it, and it said that you were able to speak with the Giants. You know, what was, what was it like just being speak to like an NFL team and have that conversation? Oh man, I mean, it was, it was great. You know, it was, I enjoyed it. I, uh, it's good to know that they're interested in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And, and like knowing that a teams like you know NFL teams like interest or is talking to you, like do do you feel more motivated, nervous? Like what like what's your mindset after like after having that conversation with them? Were you like you know like I have to put in more work or like what what were you thinking? I was really just thinking, you know, I wanted to say just take me right now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> this whole process is really uh, I wouldn't say nerve wracking, but it's you know it gets you anxious, it gets you ready to get going, but you know you have to Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a job interview. At the end of the day, it's a job interview. And, you know, I, I, I believe that for sure. And, you know, honestly, I'm a Giants fan. I hope you go to the Giants. Like, I've, I've been seeing you play. I saw your tape. Like, man, I would love you on their team. I'd be I'd, 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 I'd be a big supporter. I'd be a huge one. Uh, but, you know, you brought, you brought up your pro day, right? So what, what do you look forward to showcasing there? Um, my 40, well, shoot. Uh, the, <laughs> I ran the L cone and... Uh, at my facility, I'm training at, at Trent Cooper Performance Center. Uh-huh. I run it at 688, so there's one, the Elcom. Uh-huh. The total, I ran it at 42, I think 426, so I want to show that. And the 40, I'm trying to get it to flow 46. 
So if I can do all that at 255, then yeah. that's what. Yeah, like you mentioned, that was show off your speed too. You know, you know, bringing up your speed, like the one, the biggest thing that like really just stood out to me when I was watching you play was like you're really good at overpowering the offensive lineman, and then you're also extremely good at coming off the edge. You know, with your strength and your speed. Like, why do you think that's like such a huge part of your game? Uh, because you know, when you bring the pressure to an offensive lineman, they they get out of their mode, get out of their their usual. Uh, steps and everything they do ordinarily, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta take, you gotta, what's the term I'm looking for, you know, just, I guess, take them out of their flow, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah. when I bring the speedy, they, they're taught to work against speed a certain way, but when I have power too, you don't really know how to block yeah. that. Cause yeah, it, throw, it throws them off. It throws them off. Techniques that you have to do to go against those two types of things. So mm. you got to be a perfect lineman to be able to stop me every single time. Yeah, and there's not many of those, that's for sure. Exactly. So, so do you think that's like your best ability as a player? Pass rushing. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's that's what you got to have coming off the edge. That's great to see. Um, but you know, so like I said, I have a couple questions to get to know you outside of football. So my first one being is like, when you're not playing football, what do you like to do? Um, when I'm not playing. I'm into fitness a lot. You know, since I was a kid, I've always, uh, since I was a kid playing football, really going back to football again. Yeah. Uh, I'm always too small or too big to get to the little peewee divisions that I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. So I'd always be looking up different ways to lose weight, gain weight, more muscle. <laughs> fashion you know so that just i've been doing that since i was a kid so now i'm really interested and i'm a little more knowledgeable than most about it so it's just cool to it's cool to me how it all works and so i got my degree uh theology and health and exercise science so that's what i want to do with my life so every time i'm away from football i'm usually watching fitness videos learning more about that Oh, that's awesome. So, like, you know, when, when football's over, when you when you decide to stop playing or whatever, you know, you look for, you want to, like, get into, like, the fitness realm? To... Definitely. I want to own my own gym, my own franchise. Oh, that, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, so, you don't, you don't, I'm sure you're on a strict diet right now trying to get ready, but when you have a cheat day, right, what's your, like, go-to meal? Like, what do you want to have if you're able to just go out and have a cheat day? Oh, man. Anything that's served at Thanksgiving. Anything? Oh, what's, hey, speaking about Thanksgiving, what's your uh, favorite side? Favorite side? <laughs> Gotta favorite ask. Side. Oh, man, that one's hard. Because I mean, all I really at Thanksgiving is ham and then everything else that comes after. So, yeah. favorite side, I'm probably definitely not running cheap. Alright, I see. I'm a... I'm more of a, either a mashed potato or mac and cheese guy, but I think I think I'm going mashed potatoes. That's my loaded loaded mashed potatoes. Oh, they mm, they oh, are yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. So you said you're a ham guy, not a turkey guy. Oh no, I can't. I, I don't like turkey unless it's injected with my my uncle does some crazy stuff with turkey, like <laughs> and it tastes amazing from inside out. So that's different. But regular turkey, no, I can't really do it. Oh yeah, dude, give me a drumstick, and I'm 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 loving it. Oh. God. <laughs> Man, those are the best. Uh, so, uh, you know, do you have like a but when you're getting ready for a game? But do you have like a favorite artist to listen to? Young Thug. Young Thug, really? His little mumble rap right there. Oh, he used to mumble rap. Now he, now he's you know on the on the vibe. Now he's doing good. Yeah. He's, uh, it up a little bit. He's he's came up a lot since that song Lifestyle. Yeah, that's, that's, I hope he come up. I mean, his his album his album was pretty good when he dropped it. Uh, 
That, I guess that was a while back. That was like a like six months ago. That's crazy. Yeah, that was right. Um, so, uh, you know, if, do you have like a favorite sports team that you support? I guess that's I, that's that's a good point, you know. But uh, yeah. so you, you don't have any anybody. What about like what what about outside of the well, You know the Ravens. You okay. know I've always watched them because Ray Lewis and everything. So oh, yeah. if I had to choose a team, it would definitely be the Ravens. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, you're a Lamar guy. Yeah, right now, honestly, yeah. So that's who I watch. <laughs> mm. Hey, I, I like I like him in Madden. If I play in Madden, I'm getting Lamar on my team because he can he can move. But uh, uh yeah. Better. But you know, hey, I hope you don't go to the Ravens. You better not go to the Ravens. Please come to the Giants. <laughs> I, I beg, I beg. Oh man. Um. So you know, my last question I have for you. You know, if you could tell anybody, whether that be a stranger, a fan, a coach, a scout, one thing about your character and about who you are, what would you, what would you want them to know? Honestly, like once you, once you have me, you know, on your team by your side, working with you, I'm going 100. percent No matter you know, no matter what it is to get mm-hmm. the job done, no matter it's helping somebody, making a team better, you know, I'm always going to be going 100. percent I don't really like investing time in the things and then it not being my full energy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I guess it. It's a waste of life. And life is too short. So mm-hmm. I say, if you got me, you got all of me. No, yeah, for sure, and, and you know, thank you for coming on. You, you're also a great football player. You know, you've been able, you, you gone through adversity, and you're a great guy. So, thank you for coming on. You have a bright future ahead of yourself. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right, see you, man. All right, man. All right, guys. So that was Marcus. Marcus. All right, let me specify that. that was Marcus Ford from a BCU current NFL draft prospect. You know, big shout out to him for coming on. You know, able to make some time to come on this podcast, talk to us. Have a great conversation with him, and you know it—it's it's a stressful time. You know, like you mentioned, and it's a big job interview, and we are just so honored for him to be able to take his time out of his day to be able to come on and do this interview. Uh, but thank you, and he's obviously like you could hear, yeah, he, you know. Let me let me explain. Like he 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 went to records. He he had some some things off the some off the field issues led to his dismissal. Uh, then he went to JUCO. Then he was decided to commit to Eastern Carolina. It was close to home. And they took away his offer for some odd reason. And he went to go. He ended up going to a BCU. And he was able to show, like, hey, you know, like I can, like, you put a challenge in front of me. You know, he faced adversity in his life. Put a challenge in front of me. I'm over. I'm able to overcome it. And I'm able to be that guy. I'm able to be, you know, who I should be. And he's able to come over, overcome any issue. He's willing to put 110% effort into everything that he does, like he mentioned. And he's a great player. Like, when I said I was watching his tape, I was not lying. This man is insane at coming off the edge and getting to the rusher, like, the getting to the quarterback. Like, it is insane how fast he comes up. And you sure he put it on more weight. He's getting fast. It's crazy. You know, he's a total package, and he, he can he has a bright future for himself. He really does. And now after that great interview with Marcus Farber, transitioning to his actually former teammate, I guess you could say current teammate, but their season just ended, Marquise Hendricks. So here it is, guys. So today, joining us on the Game Ball Podcast, we have Marquise Hendricks, uh, current NFL draft prospect. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, so a question I like to you know ask people when they first call on my show is, you know, why do they start playing the sport they, they're playing? So why did you start playing football in the first place? Uh, 
Do you try to like model your game after anybody in particular? Uh, I, I say you know, growing up, I was uh, like watching Ray Lewis and trying to make my, uh, put my game towards his and watching him and trying to emulate the same things he do. Yeah, for sure, he's he's a great player to learn from. He's he's one of the best to ever do it. So that's that's a good role model right there. Um, right. So uh, coming out of high school, you know, you had a lot of interest from a lot of great schools, you know, including App State and Cincinnati. But why did you ultimately decide to? commit to Boise State? Uh, because, uh, you know, Boise State came uh, late in the recruit process and uh, at the time they came like two, three, four, like signing day. I took an official visit up there uh, with Coach Harson and Coach Andy Avalos was up there mm-hmm. and then I just fell in love with the place and, and I had committed on the spot. And oh, wow. That was yeah. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, there was an incident that occurred at Boise State and it led to your dismissal. But, like, how did it, like, help shape you into who you are today, just going through all that uh, adversity and such? Uh, it, made me, it made me more humble and it made me more mature, mm-hmm. you know, going through that whole process during that time. I was young. At, I was very young at that time. And, and I, was, I was 18 and I was 23. So I learned oh, wow. a, lot of, like, you know, a lot of things on life and perspective of life. And, just using it, using it for myself to feel myself and just keep being a better person. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, that's what you like to see, overcoming situations that may not be the best and growing from it and learning from it. So it's awesome. Um, but, you know, after you left Boise State, you went and you played at Juco. But, like, what was that like? What was it, what was it like playing Juco football? Uh, it's, uh, it's humbling. It's, uh, it's different. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get out of the ground. You know, the big schools, you know, you just... Yeah, it's, not, it's like a meat market, you know, you're fighting for, it's a follow of the cities really in Juco. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you might you might go hungry at night, and you just never know where your next meal going to be, and just, you got to tough it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, But, so, like, compared to Vision 1, it was just, like, not the same, right? It was just different. No, it's not the same. Resources are not the same. Facilities uh-huh. not the same. You just really just get it out of the mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. But uh, you know, you were able to make a name for yourself, and you ended up ended up being able to go to BCU. You know, what what was it like being able to get that offer and being able to play, you know, college football again? Uh, it was great. You know, it was just kind of another opportunity to go play Division One football, and I made the best of my made the best of my my my, my decision with going to doing equipment, and I just seemed opportunity to play football and my foundation over there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, uh. How were you able to like grow as a player in JUCO though? You know, be able to transform to be able to make a name for yourself there. Like, what you like did? What were some of the things that you're able to learn to become a better player? Uh, I think I appreciate myself. You know, just getting the playbook. You know, transform my body, get more mature, more anything, more mental, yeah. physical when I was mm-hmm. in JUCO. And I think that kind of that helped me a lot in order to become the top four player I was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know. Uh, what was the transition like, though, switching schools and such, like, you know, twice? Because you went from Boise State to JUCO and then JUCO to BCU. Like, what was that? What were the transitions like, having to go and uh, ad- adapting to it? Uh, it was it was pretty hard, but, you know, I, it, the transitions for me, it just, it, it put a lot of, this put a lot of perspective in life for me and just, you know, just how to deal with adversity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just coming in and just, you know, it was crazy, you know, coming in and trying to learn from different people and just, 
seeing different people with cultures and you know it, it helped me a lot yeah for sure was it harder to adjust from a football standpoint or a social standpoint like which one was harder I would say probably from a social standpoint because, you know, you don't see the big buildings and the fancy facilities mm-hmm. and you don't get this and that. And then I was kind of difficult at the time, but, you know, I had to learn and just did what I had at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So when you arrived at uh, Beth and Cookman, uh, what was, like, the biggest thing? Like, what were you able to grow the most from your first day there to your last day? Um... When I first got with them, equipment, I could tell, you know, it was a family atmosphere, and I think that it, it helped me out a lot, you know, coaches were down to earth, uh-huh. and I think that just helped me as being a humble, humble person on and off the field. For sure. You know what, okay, so this is kind of a broader question right here, but what was, like, the wildest or just craziest game you've been a part of in your career? I'll probably say the Florida Classic. Really? Well, why is that? <laughs> Alright. Um, um I would say because um for the for the class it just it's one of the top rivals in the in this in the in the country really, you know, because it's family versus VCU the top rivals and you yeah. there, you got fans yelling, and it's just it's an old school rivalry. It's fun great to be part of too. Yeah, for sure. Um I guess this question, a little bit off topic right here, transitioning over from college, but um if you could meet any three people in the world, who would they be? Uh, I'd probably say Tom Brady, uh-huh. the best quarterback in the, yeah. in the world. He's, um, he's a good, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd probably say uh, another person, I'd probably say Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. And then another person I'd like to meet is, uh, I'd probably say Barack Obama. Barack Obama? <laughs> hey, those, those aren't bad people right there. Those are all pretty solid options like you can't go wrong with any of those people yeah. for sure um but like i said transitioning over to the uh, nfl draft process you know what was the biggest thing you've been trying to improve in this offseason because this is like one of the biggest off seasons of you know your career so what have you been trying yeah. to work on the most right now i'm just trying to work on my mental game more than anything and just you know working out getting more explosive you, can't, you gotta be explosive and just working on my feet Mm-hmm. And um, and pretty much that's that's it really for this whole process. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what do you look forward to showcasing the most at your pro day? Uh, showing you know my size, my explosiveness, and how I can move in and out in space, mm-hmm. and just showing everything I got. Yeah, do you have like a favorite? Yeah, for sure. Do you have like a favorite drill? Want do you want to do there? Uh, well, my favorite drill I probably say is going through linebacker drills, dropping in coverage, uh-huh. catching the ball. You know. Not it's the pretty easy for yeah. me. Not the, not the forty yard dash. You're not a fan of that one. Oh, I mean, yeah, twenty dollars is forty yards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's a fan favorite, so I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do you think your best ability as a as a player is? I think my best ability is uh, you know, running sideline to sideline, making plays mm-hmm. like they have on the offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I watched some of your tape before this interview to just kind of gauge you as a player. One of the biggest things that stood out to me. Was your ability to like have the right angles and get to the ball carry before they get to the place where the ball carry is going before he gets there? You know, why do you think that's the strength of yours? Uh, you know, watching watch film, you know, but I appreciate myself watching film a lot because, you know, in most times, I don't know how many play, but I, I come in, I watch film all day and all night. And then when I get, on the, when I get in practice and I do it like a thousand times every day, mm-hmm. the game is just, it's just natural, my instincts. It's just, 
Is it high up? Yeah. So what do you think is more important, watching film and, like, getting to know how the players are or putting that to the test, like, you know, like in the game, like in practice, like working on it in practice or watching film? What do you think is more important? I think it's better to watch film because when you watch film, you get the answer to the test when you watch film. Mm-hmm. Because when you go out there and you see something a thousand times on formation or a certain tendencies for our offense, you know, you can see that. And then when you get on the practice field, you practice over and over. In the game, you just you know what's coming, and then you you able to make the play. I think that's the best feeling in the world. You sing a thousand times in practice and watch film. Mm-hmm. You know what's coming, and you make the play. And then it happens. Yeah, no, that's that's that has to be awesome. Um, yeah. But so, what do you think you're better at, pass coverage or rush defense? Uh, I say both. both. You know, always can't can't get never can never always not working pass coverage. Because nowadays, you know, linebackers got better cover just like a DB now because you know offenses. I had to go at linebackers, you know, this new game with tight ends and receivers yeah. is a mm-hmm. passing game now. Yeah, no, it's crazy how much the game's been changing recently, and it's, it's a it's a high power passing game now. So that's right. always good to have a good right. pass coverage. Um, so as I right. mentioned, you know, you know, we're gonna ask a couple questions to get to know you. But uh, the first one being is, you know, what do you like to do when you're not playing football? Uh, I like to hang out with family, and friends, just hang out, and mm-hmm. just, you know, sometimes I'll be able to play play the video game. Nice. Hey, do we play Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, more of a PlayStation guy. Ah, see, that's where you messed up. Xbox, <laughs> where's where it's at? Ah, good. I'm disappointed. Um, do you have a favorite game you like to go and play? Uh, I like playing Madden. Madden, all right. I like Madden too. What what mode? What game mode? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like, I like playing franchise, but um, you know, yeah, I, like, I don't really play franchise that much. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I don't know. I just enjoy. It. I just have fun with it. Uh, it gives me something yeah. to pass some time. Uh, so what? What you? What did you decide to major in school? And you know, uh, yeah, I, I majored in uh, criminal justice. And I graduated past December. Oh, well, congratulations! That's awesome. I mean, you know. When football is over, right? Whenever you decide to put it up, you know, what do you look forward to? Like, what do you want to do with that? Uh, with that degree? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I don't really know if I want to go into the, the police field. I kind of think I want to be like a personal trainer. Oh, okay, <laughs> that, that's cool. That's cool. And it can help you stay yeah. with the game too as a personal trainer. You could get a lot of young guys in there too uh, to teach them how to play. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I can juggle. You can juggle, really? But see, uh, what's the, yeah. the cra- like? What's the most amount of things you've juggled at once? Uh, I can juggle like, like three uh, oranges. That's the most I can do right hey, now. Hey. I'm trying to work on four. <laughs> hey, I mean, three. I can. I can do two. I can juggle two things. So I'm basically <laughs> basically a pro. Uh, <laughs> So, what's your like uh, your go to meal? Like, if you could have a cheat day and you could just eat whatever you want, what would you want to eat? Oh, uh, cheat day, I go with burger and fries. Burger and fries. Where, where do you like to go? Uh, usually I like to go to Five Guys. Five, oh, Five Guys, that place, so good. I love Five <laughs> yeah. Guys, so good. Um, so uh, one of my last questions, I've I have two more coming up, but uh, one of them is, you know, what's like what what's your favorite favorite artist to listen to? Just like you know, if you want to get hyped up, what do you like to listen to? Uh, I'd probably say uh, Kodak Black. He's my go-to guy when I'm playing right. games and trying to just to get him out of my mold. Okay, I, I, I get that. I like that. I'm a, I'm not a huge Kodak fan, but I like him. He's good. He's good. Uh, <laughs> well, do you have like a favorite sports team that's like, it, you know, like there's a team that you're passionate about that's in the pros? Uh, I'd probably say uh, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, 
Uh, I take New England Patriots. It was always a fan favorite. It was just when they went to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, that's what I like. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. I guess that makes more sense now. Tom Brady's a yeah. goat. So yeah, no. Um, and so my last question I have for you is, you know, if you could tell anybody one thing about yourself, whether that be, you know, coach, a, a, another player, a scout, uh, a stranger, or a fan, what would you want them to know about your character? Uh, you gonna get you gonna get somebody that's uh, that's tough, mm-hmm. energetic, caring. All right, I, I like that. That's awesome to hear. You know, you sound you're a great. You sound like a great person. You're a great player, and you have a great mentality. So that you know, you have great things coming your way. But thank you for coming on. Right. Yes, most definitely. Thanks for having me. All right, see you, man. See you. All right, guys, that was our man, uh, Marquise Hendricks from Bethune Cookman, and a current NFL draft prospect. We really appreciate him coming on the show. That was a great interview. And he's a high character guy. He's been through adversity. He's been through tough times, but he's been able to overcome them at the end of the day. And, you know, that's a great thing to see. You know, sometimes, yes, you know, people are young. We make bad decisions sometimes. And, you know, but that's that's the thing. We're young. We don't always know what to do. And it matters what you do after that situation that counts. It doesn't matter when you do, but like what you're able to do to overcome it and move on from it is what really matters and really counts. And that's what we're able to see with him. He's a great player, has great things coming his way. And we wish him nothing but the best of luck and success. And that wraps up another episode of the Game Ball Podcast with your host, Matt Samantia. Again, a big thank you to Marcus Ford and Marquis Hendricks for coming on this podcast to do some interviews. And remember, guys, stay safe. You know, wash your hands. Uh, don't let the coronavirus get you. And just be, take a lot of precautions. Um, and make sure to come back and listen to another episode of the Game Ball Podcast. And always giving out the Game Balls. Going out to Marcus Ford and Marquis Hendricks. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Game Ball Podcast with your host, Matt Samantia.